176 Red Book.
are you washed? I'm glad to say this morning I am washed in the blood of the Lamb. Uh, do remember all those on our prayer request list. Um, uh, I lost my thought for a second. Uh, continue to remember and pray for uh, Sister Kay and the family and uh, lifting them up. Um, they've got family that will be traveling in, so remember them in your prayers as they travel. Kayla and Jacob are not feeling well this morning. We actually remember them. Uh, lift them up. Um, Mariah and Zach are tired, but I thought they might be over here in just a few. Uh, she went into the uh, labor delivery this morning, uh, been having contractions, and they sent her back, said she wasn't fur enough along, and possibly would see her tonight about 7. So if the things continue that way, uh, she might, they might be back up there this evening. Uh, but do remember her and your prayers as well this morning. Brother Danny got a shot, so remember him, his shoulder. Sister um, Joanne's eye, they gave her some new treatment that's helping there, so remember that uh, in your prayers this morning. Sister Donna Faye, uh, her upcoming test. Continue to remember her, Brother Johnny. He's just really been struggling. He's got some tests coming up, got a doctor's appointment, so remember uh, him in your prayers. Brother Grant Beckham, remember his family, and then also continue to remember Sister Lisa and her family. Any others this morning? Anybody else? Remember that. Anybody else? Stand with us this morning. I know we've all got unspoken and loved ones that we want to pray for. Brother Mike, our ushers come forward. Father, we thank you today for your love. We thank you, Father, for your many blessings, Lord. We just ask you, dear God, to help us through this day. Father, we pray that you'd be, Lord, with Sister Kay and family at this time, dear God, and helping them, Lord. Father, we pray that you just continue to anoint and touch the lives, Father, of those on our prayer request list, dear Lord, Father, the needs that are there, you know each and every one, you know how to meet them, dear God, and we trust in you to do us right, Lord, we ask you this morning that you would just touch those that are sick and afflicted and unable to be with us, dear God, Father, be with those, Lord, that are uh, unable to uh, attend church, dear God, Father, just because of life, and Father, we just pray, Lord, that you'd help them. And dear God, draw us closer to you, Father, we pray this morning, closer one to another. Precious God, we pray, bless the offering, let it be used for thy glory. And we'll thank you, Father, we'll praise you, Father, today in Jesus' precious name. And amen.
to do what of me? special this morning let me read to you a card and then if you've got a testimony uh, feel free to give that this card come to sister Barbara from brother junior riddle and he said I just wanted to thank you for the bulletins I'm still kicking for a 98 year old seen a lot of uh, seen Sleeping a lot, there we go, sleeping a lot, and eating good. 
Hope all is well for everyone. Tell, tell the church hello and love you. Pop Jr., pray for me. And uh, if you just think about it, uh, in front of the cart, there's a little monkey sitting on a tree. It says, yesterday I smiled 13,647 times. Inside it says, hey, that's the same number of times I thought of you. And so uh, be praying for Brother Junior. And uh, tell you what, it's good to see and hear from him on this, that right there. That's really cute. And uh, use some of that. We need to smile more. I'm going to tell you something. If you smile, it helps your face. They say it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. And so you know if your face feels like it's getting tired, smile a little bit. And uh, that'll, change, that'll change the way that is. Any testimony this morning before we get into the message? You can clap on that there. Amen. Amen. You know, God deserves glory, right? There ain't nothing wrong with clapping for the Lord. Uh, you, you think about this this, evening, this morning, how many times somebody sings a song and we love it and we, we just clap because they did such a good job. God does a good job all the time and we rarely clap for him. You know, we might clap at him. Come on now, get it done right. Um, but God's good to us, church, better than we deserve. And. You know, we, we see that more, I guess, the older you get, the more you see it. But the same hand, sometimes um, the longer we've lived, the more we forget it. And we got to be real careful about that because, you know, they, they said it. The Bible said that they said, uh, they were some folks who said everything's just the same as it was since the day of creation. And it's not. It's not the same. It wasn't in the same in their day because when God created everything, it wasn't long after, and I say long, I don't know, um, hundreds of years, but he destroyed it. And he started all over again with eight. 
And so it's changed. And the Bible tells us that in the last days, you know, the days of Noah will be about. And can you imagine living in the time that Noah lived? We're, we're getting closer there, church. We really, really are. We don't even see it a lot of times. This is exactly how close to that day we are. Um, Lynette read a book, or started reading a book to me. She, she reads to me because I, I listen better than, than I read in, uh, on, on books. And she was reading a book to me, and there was a gentleman who wrote a book back in the 1800s, I would assume, thinking about the time of the gold rush and so forth. And he was talking about how that the church then was trying to figure out a better way to serve God by doing different things other than praying and reading and preaching. And can you imagine how far we've come since then? I, uh, I'll tell you, it's just it's changed. If you got your Bibles, though, go with us this morning to the book of Hebrews, the ninth chapter. Um, we're going to look at three words today. We've used them multiple times, but we're going to go over some scriptures. The first verse we'll use this morning in, in Hebrews 9 does not include these three words, uh, but it says, His own blood. And we know that Jesus Christ died for us, and He did so shedding His own blood. Uh, so if you would stand with us, we're going to read here verse 22. We'll get to more of this in a minute, in a little bit, but verse 22 to start off with says this, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. If you go to the Old Testament, blood was required. Sometimes payment was required. But look at what he says next. And without shedding of blood, there's no remission. So without the shedding of blood doesn't get done away and you and I this morning need to realize that because we sung these songs are you washed in the blood there's power in the blood and uh, truly this morning uh, we have victory in Jesus because he shed his own blood father this morning I thank you for your love and mercy I thank you dear God for your word help me Lord this morning just to do that which you'd have me to do saying only those things you'd have me to say and, Lord, we just give you glory. We give you praise for it all. In Jesus' precious holy name, and amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Now, we could jump right back into Hebrews, but I'm going to instead jump back to the book of Acts. We'll be coming back to chapter 9 in a minute, but I want you to go back to the book of Acts in the 20th chapter. We start to think about the things, the declarations, how we've been, um, I guess you could say, given opportunities. Paul, teaching and preaching, was always trying to get folks to look at this. The Old Testament declared his coming. The New Testament is his coming. And when you get to the New Testament where Paul lived, he starts talking about the Old Testament. Everything that was being done was fulfilling of the law, even to the point of this. Now that Paul is Paul instead of Saul, he understands that Jesus was and is the Christ. And that the sacrifice, the death of Christ on the cross was the fulfillment of all that God talked about in the Old Testament. Paul was a learned man. In verse 28, he says, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock, which over the Holy Ghost have given you overseers to feed the church. Now look at this. Which he, talking of Christ, which he hath purchased with his own blood. My responsibility to you this morning is to make sure that you understand and that I understand the cost that it cost the Lord to give you and I eternal life. The price that was paid was not an insignificant price, nor was it one that we should ignore. If you look at the world, and I would just be honest with you today, the world today does not count the blood of Christ for any significant thing. And I'm not trying to be mean, but I'll be honest with you, church. If you and I come and claim to have the blood of Christ applied to our lives, 
but we're going to go out and we're going to live like the world and we're going to satisfy our own lust and our own desires and we're going to act like, you know, we're saved and now it doesn't matter anymore. We're taking that precious blood, his own blood, and the Bible talks about how that they trampled it. God, God wasn't going to forgive them for trampling it under the, their feet. And so you and I this morning, he's telling us to be careful to explain this and then also to understand this. Take, their, take heed therefore unto yourselves. I need to understand this. And to all the flock which over the, which over the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, you and I together, to feed the church of God, to explain the purpose and the will and the plan of God. And then look at what he says, which he hath purchased. We know the scriptures in Corinthians, right? You are bought with a price. You're not your own. We understand. We know John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we read these things here, but look at what he says. To be careful, to take heed. That word means to really pay a little bit more attention to it than what you're actually thinking about sometimes. And, and if you stop Think about this. Take heed means to stop, pause, and think. Meditate. Don't just let it go by. How many of you see folks who, who run a yield sign faster than they, than, than they ought to? I mean, just think about it. They, they didn't yield. They just slowed down enough so they didn't wreck when they made the corner. You had to hit your brakes so you didn't hit them. And then they take a stop sign like it's a yield sign. And sometimes they take the stop sign like they got the right of way and it doesn't matter that the stop sign is there. They're not taking heed. Yield means to take heed. Stop means to take extra heed. And so you and I ought to take the extra heed to what he's saying here. He purchased us with his own blood. We're not allowed to sit in the presence of God without the blood of Christ. The Holy Ghost is given to you and I when we've accepted the blood atonement of Jesus Christ on our lives. We've accepted the sin forgiveness, the remission of sin through the blood that he shed. And he's saying stop and take heed. Pause and think about this just a little bit more than what you're really thinking about. If the church stopped and thought about it, I wonder what a difference would be made today in a lot of people's lives. You're not just going out and spending and wasting time. I guess you could say in, in one aspect, you're, it's not like you got something that somebody gave you that it really didn't cost them anything. I mean, the, you, know, you think about people like um, Bill Gates and... Uh, uh, Rupert Murdoch, if they was to give somebody a million dollars, it would be like you and I giving somebody a dollar. I mean, you're not going to miss it. But we a lot of times treat that, the blood of Christ, that way. It wasn't that much. God has so much, and that's a little, but yet it was everything. In the end, it's everything. You and I have no hope without it. We have no remission of our sins. We are still dead in our trespasses, in our sins without that. And God is saying to you and I, and, and we've got to do this today, the church needs to stop and think a moment about what I'm telling you. Take sight. Pastors need to take sight and look at what they're telling their congregation. And I'll just be honest with you. Sometimes people say, Brother Ernie, you just... You're going to beat a dead horse. I will beat a dead horse. If it takes beating a dead horse to get you down the road, let's beat that dead horse and say this. Don't treat it like it doesn't mean anything. It means everything. Without it, we're in trouble. We cannot live like the blood did not mean anything. And it still means that much today. So he said, take heed. Therefore, to yourselves. And all the flock, which over the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God. Why do I have so many verses of scripture? Because I can say so much, but God's word can say it so much better. It's just the truth. We've got purchased by the blood of Christ. If you've not been purchased by the blood, you're not part of the church. 
I'll just be, I'll just put that bluntly. All right. Go back down to Hebrews chapter nine. And here's what I was going to say this while ago. Didn't want to want to get too far ahead. It begins to explain the purchasing. And we begin to see this. So he goes back there, and we'll start back here. It's, it's really, let me just start in verse 1. He says, Then verily the first covenant had no ordinance or divine service in a worldly sanctuary. Remember, they got mad in the Old Testament. There was some rejoicing over the new the new temple that was built, there was some mourning over the new temple that was built because it wasn't like the last temple they had built. And now God is saying, listen, we don't need a, an earthly, I'm not dwelling in the wood and stones. There's not, a, there's not a most holy place in this church that God comes to outside of your my heart. When God gets there, he makes that the most holy place. And so you and I do not have three corridors. There's not, there's not the, 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 the front side, then the inside, and then the next side. It is all in this that God is no longer going to be using wood and stone. He's coming to take a bold in the hearts and lives of men and women. He's coming here to live in us. He said, for the tabernacle that was made was first, wherein was the candlestick and the table and the shoe bread, which is called the sanctuary. After the second uh, veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, and had a golden censer and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round about the, with gold, wherein was the golden pot and, and had the manna and Aaron's rod that budded in the table of the covenant and over the cherubim, excuse me, over it the cherubims of the glory shadowing the mercy seat of which we cannot now speak particularly. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, tabernacle accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest only or alone once every year. Now church, I'm going to tell you something. I know for a simple fact that Jesus went once only and presented himself before God. Could you imagine having to wait once a year to think that you were appeasing God? That's only that's how many times the priest went in once a year. Only once. They made daily sacrifices. They had ritual offerings there, everything that God told them to do. But but one time a year, you got that great big joy part of it. You got, I mean, you got the time that, that everybody was looking forward to. Hey, this time next year, it's going to be this again. But you and I, we get this every day of our lives now. Because Jesus is standing there or sitting there, depending on the scripture. But he's at the right hand of God making intercession for you and I. Every day. All you got to do is say, Lord, I'm sorry. Intercession's made. It's just that simple. But he goes on. He said, but the second, he went in. And then look what he says. Not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the, for the errors of the people. The Holy Ghost thus signified that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time then in which we, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience, which stood only in meat and drink and divers washings and carnal ordinances imposed upon them until the time of reformation. But Christ, being come a high priest, of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. 
He did by his own blood something that the priest could not do. He obtained eternal redemption. Remember when we're talking about the purchase price, the purchase price was the blood of Christ. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. And because he took his own blood, we've got eternal salvation. Don't have to go back and get it again next year. Can I tell you something, church? This is, this is a place where I think sometimes folks get things confused. We as free will Baptists believe you can backslide. The Bible teaches that. But because you mess up doesn't mean you got lost and you don't have salvation. It means you're in error and you got to repent and get things right with God. I didn't get saved yesterday just to get saved again today, to get saved again tomorrow if I mess up. I repent of those sins, get rid of those sins, get them covered by the blood. But listen to me, I don't have to get saved again because I messed up. But you better be careful if you start just trampling on the blood. The Bible tells us in Hebrews there's no more remission for folks who think the blood of Christ is unworthy. There's no way to redeem them back. There's no other way to get there. And so without the blood, you and I ain't going to get saved. But listen to me. He said, but Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. He did in his own body what could have never been done in the building of stone and wood. When you stop to think about it, church, he did what could not be done by ordinary man. Aaron could never have been good enough, and I could never have been good enough to make the sacrifice that he made by making himself the sacrifice. Is what that scripture is talking about. By a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats, and calves, but by his own blood. He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of heifers are sprinkling unclean, sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through his eternal through the eternal spirit of how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? You and I, think about this. Verse 15, and as for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament. We couldn't even get the New Testament if he hadn't have done what he done. He's the mediator. He's the maker. He's the intercessor there. He's the one that you and I, here, here's the Old Testament. The Old Testament said Aaron had to do it. The New Testament said Jesus done it once and that's it. It's done. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. And I'm going to tell you something. When Jesus died, those who had died before having their faith got the same redemption you and I have today. Think about that. Their faith and their trust in God brought them the same redemption you and I have today. Go over to chapter 13. We'll start here in verse 11. It says, For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin and burned without the camp. Now think about this. Man doing it again. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Jesus was taken outside the city to the hill called Golgotha. I, I, I don't, I've never been there but, but I've heard a preacher talk about the area in which they did the sacrificing and how it was. On the day of sacrifice, or, or crucifixion rather, not sacrifice, but it is our sacrifice. But on the day of crucifixion, the family and folks would be around, people would mourn. 
But after that, once the birds and everything else got to that area there, nobody would come because it would be a horrifying area. The difference between that and Jesus was they didn't let Jesus stay on the cross for the birds to pick his eyes out. They brought him down and they laid him in the tomb because he was, he was crucified. The time of the Sabbath was approaching. And as it is there, they knew they couldn't get him off there the next day. So they got him off and they put him in the tomb. And we don't, we, all of this happened because God said this. He's going to rise again on the third day. And so when we look at it this morning, we look at it and we see this. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood. He suffered without the gates. He fulfilled everything God had in the Old Testament. How they had to do it was fulfilled in Christ. But again, church, the specificity of it is by his own blood. He said, let us, there, let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For we have, for here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Aren't you glad this morning? By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise, uh, praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. If we stop, like he told us in the book of Acts, and we think about what Jesus Christ done for us, and we realize the purchase price was his own blood. Himself will not only desire to come to the house of God and to praise him and to love him and honor him and glorify him together, but we'll desire to do it every day of our lives. we got to understand the value and the meaning of it. See, why, why, if you think about it this way, one, two, three, four, five, Five times in scriptures. What is five? The number of death, Brother Mike shared with us, or the number of grace. It, it, it can and is both. And I'll say it this way. Those of us who died to Christ receive his grace. That makes perfect sense to me. Die out to yourselves. Give your life over to Christ and receive the grace of God. And listen to me. He purchased that grace that we get by his own blood. And yet in death, he delivered us. It's just those wonderful things, church, when we stop to think about it. Then you jump over to the book of Revelations, the first chapter. We've got one more place after this, but Revelations, chapter 1, verse 4. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come from the and, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the king of the air, earth, rather, of the earth, Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Now church, here's a message going out to the seven churches. And yet we know this, that it's really, it goes beyond those seven because it goes to you and I today. And when we look at these seven churches, we'll often find the characteristic of the church today. In every one of them. But he said, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead. I thought about this in the book of John. Jesus said this, and I've got this somewhere else in one of my other notes at some another sermon. He said that he had power to lay his life down, and he had power to raise it up. The Bible tells us he is the first begotten of the dead. There's nobody did what he did. Nobody's died and come back like he did. Lazarus died, Jesus brought him back. We see there where, where Jesus raised the widow's son. We see where Peter had, had, had done. And, and all of this and Paul, but, but nobody did what Jesus did. Jesus himself died and Jesus himself rose. And nobody was at the tomb calling him out. 
And you think about this for just a second. We say this all the time. We've got the resurrection Sunday coming and stuff. Jesus, the stone was not rolled back for Jesus to come out. It was rolled back so we could look in. He was out. He could walk through walls. He could walk through a stone over a tomb. He was not in the tomb when they went inside. He's the first. And we follow him. It's his blood. The importance of understanding his blood. Look at what he said going on. Again, and from Jesus who is the faithful witness and the first begotten, <coughs> excuse me, of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins. He who knew no sin took sin upon himself so that you and I could be forgiven of sin, but the cost of the washing was his own blood. How in the world can the church today make light of the cost of the remission of sin? How can it make light of the cost of the redemption of, from, from sin? And I will just tell you today, do not take lightly the washing of your sins when they are washed in His own blood. The Apostle Peter tells us these very things. If you'll go back over to 1 Peter chapter 1. We read this often. Look what he says. We'll start in verse 15. But as he which is called you is holy, so be you holy in all manner of conversation. Can I tell you the word conversation does not simply mean in talk. We think about conversation as just talking. But how many of you have ever said this? If you was to tie their hands, they would not be able to talk. Why? Because conversation is also related by action. All manner of conversation. Not just what you're saying, but what you're doing. Because we've also said this. Actions speak louder than words. You shall know a tree by its fruits. How do you inspect fruits? By deeds. What's being done, not just what's being said. And Jesus himself said it this way. These people draw nigh unto me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Which tied right into what James said. Be ye a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Ephesians tells us that we are saved unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And so when we look at this, what manner of conversation or what is our conversation like? But he which has called you is holy, so be you holy in all manner of conversation. Your reaction, your words, and everything else should convey the message of who Jesus is to you. And who you are to him. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father who without respect of person judges according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here, sojourning here in fear. Can I tell you this morning, church, there's very little fear of the Lord anymore. And I will be honest with you. We will get so complacent in our daily lives, sometimes we do not think about this. But I can think about two different times in my life over the last several months when I wondered whether or not I was going to wake up in the morning or I was going to go stand before God. And I was concerned about my soul. I was praying earnestly that God would make sure that if there was any sin in my life unforgiven, that it was forgiven. I know that I'm saved. 
I have no doubt in my mind that I've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I know that he loves me. The Bible says whom he loves, he does chasten and rebuke. And I'm telling you this morning, I have been chastened and I have been rebuked. I know that he loves me. I know that I am his and he is mine. I don't have any problem with that. But I do know this. When you feel like you're at the threshold of death, if you are a child of God, you are going to make sure you're right and ready for that eternity. And I've been there. And I've wondered about it. And I've prayed. That's why the Bible says, pass your sojourning here in fear. It's not that you're always cowarding down, but it's that you understand that God is the ultimate authority. You stand before God, not your friends, not your family. You stand before God. You will be judged according to the will of God, the word of God, the plan of God in your life. You will not be judged according to me or anybody else. And there is no mercy when you get before that seat in death because it's called the judgment seat. Not the mercy seat. Today we go before the mercy seat. Today is the opportunity to receive mercy. But when you leave this walk of life, you stand before the judgment seat. Not the mercy seat. We're to pass our sojourning time here in fear, which means we understand who God is. For as much as you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Can I tell you this morning? There are religions that teach you can pay enough to get out of hell. Can't do it. There are religions that teach that when you leave this walk of life, you need to make sure you got money with you so that you can buy what you need in the afterlife and stay out of problems. And, and I'm just going to tell you, you, you burn up a $100 bill and put, it, put the ashes in my coffin, won't mean a thing to me. I won't care one thing about it. And if I could, I'd just look at you and say, you know what, you ain't very smart. But for you and I, understanding what takes place, we need to understand this. First off, we couldn't buy our salvation. Not in this life and not in the life to come. It was purchased for us. The purchase price was extremely expensive. Verse 19 so he says, you're not received, or not, for as much as you were not, in verse 18, not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers, but what? By, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but manifest in these last times for you who by him do believe in God that raised him from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God, seeing you have purified your souls in the obeying of the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Church, listen to me. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. You and I have been washed by the blood of Christ. And I say this, the precious, the precious blood of Christ. It ought to mean something to us to call ourselves Christians. And it ought to mean something to us. When we go out and we live our lives thinking, well, if I die today, I've got to, I get to go to heaven. I know sometimes we say this, God has to take me. God don't have to. God don't have to. But because he sent his son to die for you and I, we get to go. Through his blood. Through the purchase price he's paid. Would you stand with us this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, today for your love and mercy. We thank you, dear God, for your many blessings. This hour and opportunity we have to be in your house, Lord, today. Dear God, so many who are not able to be with us today, dear God, you know the reasons why. Others that choose not to come. Lord, people who just bypass any church, not just ours, but any church.
and feel there's no need. God, and yet the greatest need they have is salvation. Ought to be waiting inside the message for it. Ought to be waiting inside the doors. So we pray, dear God, today help us, Lord, not only in this house but outside. Father, to tell of your great love, your infinite mercy. God, and we just pray this morning that our hearts would be right with you so that if our hour was to come, Lord Jesus, we'd stand before you and we'd be found guiltless, not because we're perfect, but because we're washed in the precious blood. And for this we ask and we pray today and we praise you, Father, in Jesus' holy name. And amen.